Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of MGR Unplugged. Um, we have we're back to um, talking about streaming video, which is one of our favorite topics. Live yeah, streaming. streaming. Yeah, this is it's live streaming. streaming. I actually, you know, I when I run in the email, I was gonna put like streaming battles, but I thought oh, people are gonna think it's Netflix or something. Right, and that's right. That's not the streaming well, I'm talking st about. Streaming video wars used to be one of our. I know. topics because we really love that one and it's still it's still ongoing so the war is not over it's still kind User of settling. generated live stream but this is live streaming and it's very interesting and uh before that we'll probably touch a little bit on the current events how we are evolving and it looks like we're going a little backwards with the uh reopening and all that stuff which is a little um disappointing to say the least but um we'll, we'll discuss a little bit of everything david is in a good spirits today in pretty uh, good mood and so am I. Thursday, we're recording this on uh, June 25th, actually. Almost uh, half of the year is over, one more week, and then we'll start the second half. So we'll get started right away. Roll music. None of you people can tell me to stop. Lower the lights down. Hand over my crown. Hand over my heart. I do this for my town. I do this for my crowd. So turn me up real loud. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. All right, welcome back, uh, David. Thanks for joining me once again. You didn't have a choice, anyways. I always force you to join yes. me. Uh, that's my you favorite. You guys don't see, but he has a gun under the table here, yeah. pointing straight at me. <laughs> my favorite co-host. Um, By the way, before we start, because uh, we like to talk about our coffee choices. Ooh, yeah. Uh, what coffee are you drinking today? <laughs> I saw he tried a new one. What coffee is that? It's made by Coke. Oh. And it's called uh, Zero, Coke Zero. Oh, okay. That's an interesting uh, coffee choice. And he has ice He cubes. tried to fool everybody. He said he yeah. put Coke in a coffee mug and thought he could fool people into thinking he's not Well, you weren't nice enough to go get me a coffee this morning like you normally do. We've got to run to Starbucks and I'm get our favorite cold, cold brew, salty cream. Yeah. Oh, the best drink is Starbucks, by the way. Yeah. The only drink I get. Frappuccinos, that's like a milkshake. Yeah, I know. I don't sugar. like that. Yeah. Starbucks cold brew. I gotta give them credit; they make it great. I've tried a lot of. It's cold a brews. it's a it's a hit and miss, but most of the times they actually get it right. It's one of the drinks that I think is more uh, sometimes inconsistent from store to store, from Starbucks to yeah. Starbucks. They sometimes the cold brew and they run tastes a little a different. They run a lot, and then the salty cream sometimes is not salty. Anyways, but usually you go get a quick run. That's my recommendation. And uh, buy one. Today, we but were today both busy. he said, I'm just going to have Coke. We were both selling, selling. It was uh, sales calls after sales call this morning. I started early, like 8 o'clock in the morning with calls on the East Coast and all that stuff. So it went well. So anyways, yes, I'm well, drinking Coke, okay? So I have my ask you this, Porsche cup with Coke. Because this happened to me this week. I, I'd be curious to hear what other people say. What's the earliest that you would schedule a sales call? Because I know you're an early riser. That's the if thing. The, if the client has is a good client and has money, I don't care. I can talk at okay. three in the morning. That's true. That's true. If it's a random lead. Uh, usually, uh, I mean, my routine is very early, as you know. I usually get up 5, 5.30 at the latest. And then um, have coffee, um, touch base with work lately just to see what happened like, the night before. And then I usually go work out early in the morning. Uh, first, it gets hot. And secondly, I like to get it out of the way. So my, my question is because... Around 8 o'clock or so is probably the earliest. Okay, that's what I was going to say. For me, you know, I have a Calendly uh, link that I sent out to all of our leads. And uh, I started at 8, but mm -hmm. we're Pacific time. Right. So that's obviously 11 Eastern. Someone asked me... Uh, a few days ago if I could do a call at 8.30 Eastern, <laughs> which is 5.30 here. I was like, uh, no. I said, that's 5.30 here. I said, can you do it later? And he says, I'm fully booked for the day. And I yeah. was like, oh my God. So that was my question. Obviously, if it was like a big sale or something, I don't care. I'll do right. it. I mean, but I'm, for I'm a flexible. random lead that we, you know, a lot of them are just cold leads and yeah. they don't Mm -hmm. turn into sales yeah right that's a little early the, the thing with me i also as you know handle all the calls with uh, some of the european clients from yeah oh Spain, yeah France we, i have to that. talk to uh <laughs> yeah we have clients in hong kong yeah and that's always a struggle well to those find guys right those guys are like uh, yeah totally opposite but with uh europe right now we are nine hours western europe and so it's tough because i need to talk to them like eight o'clock or so and then it's the beginning of our day but it's the end of the day so um it's a little more challenging but luckily they they work later there they usually have yeah, a split journey they're used to it i find 
Yeah. Like when I talk to someone from Australia, they're normally used to working either late or early to mm-hmm. accommodate. Yeah, and, and you know, these days everybody's working from home anyway, so they are pretty flexible. That's how I like it. I like the rest of the world to bend to the American schedule. Yeah. Thank you. And then they never understand that sometimes we're eight hours, sometimes nine hours. In Arizona, we don't change. We don't do daylight savings, so we're always... We always have pretty good daylight here, so I think we know how to do yeah. savings in that sense. So sometimes we're Pacific time, sometimes we're uh, mountain time, or... Yeah. So, anyways, right now we're Pacific time, which is good. I just always tell people Pacific because nobody uh, nobody understands Mountain Time. I love. So I, love I just say, always say Pacific. I love to say Pacific time because really we don't have an ocean no, we here. Don't have an ocean. We're Pacific <laughs> so, time without the ocean. We I, get I screwed. Show the, I show the palm trees and everything, and I say we're Pacific time. People think they were the beach. It's like yeah, we have a long beach. Just the ocean is about four hundred miles away. Which is really until the the earthquake happens. Yeah, that that will be yeah. When California becomes Arizona's dream. When California becomes an island, yes. which I've been dreaming about, then we'll have a coast. Yeah, but, property values. Yeah, in Phoenix will go <laughs> yeah. way up all of a sudden. All of a sudden, you have a beachfront <laughs> property. Your three three hundred fifty thousand dollar home is a three point five million dollar yeah. home, just like you that. go from in the middle of the desert to having a yeah. beachfront property. That's what I want. <laughs> with a, yeah, that will be fun. All right, so we get started with business. Yeah. Man. Keep, keep dreaming. Okay. <laughs> okay. Somebody's gonna edit all this out of the podcast, and then uh, we dream about I don't know ten well, minutes. I don't care that somebody's not me, so it's not my problem. All right. So, um, in other news today, before we get into the live streaming, which at some point will become the main theme of the of the podcast for today, um, I was just kind of reading, and uh, you know, we always kind of discuss a little bit how things are going in the economy, and you know, uh, we're always optimistic, but at the same time, we kind of can't avoid reading. Well, listening to the news and uh, it just seems like we're going a little backwards now and, and this is just in the US I mean I actually like I read you know uh, news from Europe and other countries and uh, it, it's like everybody's reopening now because they're fed up with being confined and all that and uh, we're realizing that hey there's more testing which means more people tested test positive now than before were probably asymptomatic and they didn't know anything and now that more people are are being tested positive and then including athletes and all that stuff and then uh the other thing is that um people are kind of relaxing their discipline as far as the traditional things they're wearing the mask they're hand washing they all that stuff and obviously cases the virus still around it doesn't discriminate or anything it doesn't know that it's always summer whatever so bottom line cases are increasing again and in the u.s specifically we have texas arizona too uh, florida um whatever states are california so now we're going a little backwards where this morning actually and this is again june 26 the governor of texas announced that he's pausing all this um reopening uh process uh he's halting it but i'll say this this is my now if you've listened to this podcast for a while or watched, you know that I was very early on the virus, telling everything to shut down. But I will say, I mean, when we reopened everything, we expected there to be a second wave. We talked about yes. it for a long yes. time. It's not like you can just reopen and it just goes away. Of course, there's a second wave. But uh, I think that a lot of the new cases, because the death rate isn't going up. That's the thing. If it was like cases and deaths were going up, okay, well, then it'd be a problem. No, I agree. But deaths aren't going up. Like Arizona, I was looking because obviously, you know, we live here and uh, the cases have gone up a ton, like a ton in the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. But the deaths per day have not gone up at all. They're basically the same as they were three weeks ago, despite way, way, way more cases. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think part of it too is that a lot of people who are probably getting it now are younger, healthier people, twenties, yeah. thirties, whatever, who are sheltering in place, but probably didn't need to. As far as for their own health sake, not for others, and and so that older people don't get sick. But I think now it's probably just, especially when you look at the protests and stuff. That's all young people right. that go there, or majority young people, um, people who are going out and stuff and going to parties and stuff again. Normally, it's younger people, so. Maybe more young people are getting it, but they're not going to be dying, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. If deaths start going up again significantly, then, yeah, obviously we're going to have a problem. 
Um, so we'll have to see. But yeah. deaths haven't gone and up And even yet. before deaths, the main thing is you overwhelm the uh, the hospital system or the healthcare system, and which is the main thing. When you run out of, uh, like, like the main peak of the pandemic was, like, there were not enough uh, ventilators and well, that's the masks thing, and everything We've else. learned how to treat it better, too. Now. Right. Like, the ventilators, they say don't use ventilators now. I don't right. Know that's kind that. of, yeah, exactly. And then... I don't know why this is political, but the hydroxychloroquine does appear to work. You know, that's what they're it's using amazing. in France. That is, that is the thing that has been going back and forth. I don't know how many times it works. It doesn't work. It's proven not to work. It, it's like I started. The funny thing for me is so to give a little insight. Back in February, before we had any shutdowns, anything, uh, I was we were having debates on this podcast, and I was personally looking to see what could be. Uh, uh, treatment for it just right. for my own sake and back in February um, I didn't end up buying it but I was just because I didn't trust the source but I was this close to buying hydroxychloroquine online back in February from some Canadian website or something because in, I guess in Canada you can buy it but in America you can't I don't know uh, I just didn't trust the source so I didn't end up buying it but this was in February because there were already people in um, Italy and in China mm -hmm. who were saying, oh yeah, we're using this for treatment. And this is before Trump had ever mentioned it, any politicians had ever mentioned it, and they were talking about it. And so I came this close to buying some just to have on hand. I was like, well, in case I get sick, I have this. Yeah. Now it's become so politicized. Yeah. I don't really get it. It's like, why is everywhere, it everywhere. Does I mean, it work or does it not work? But I mean, sometimes they say that it's not for treatment, it's for prevention. Sometimes they say See, it's for I've heard the opposite. To, I've heard it's for to treatment. You don't want the, to take it. Alleviate the symptoms. Um, sometimes they say it's not proven that it works. Uh, no, I mean, the, the how it works very, very, very simply is basically it's uh, a zinc transporter, I believe. So you take it in conjunction with zinc and zinc stops um, the RNA replicate. So how the, the virus spreads through your body is basically... It attaches to your protein, yeah. It, 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 it uses RNA replicase, but zinc can shut down RNA... I'm using a very basic analogy here. Uh, but basically, the zinc can shut down the RNA replicase, but zinc can't get into your cells by itself. It needs hydroxychloroquine to pass to, through the to cell break barrier. It, to get inside. So that's basically what it does. Um, well, I don't a, know why a, that's political. It's a, it's a malaria drug. Everything is political these right. days. It's whether, I mean, it's, it's oh, that's a whole different topic, but it's like whether you wear a mask or, I mean, everything has yeah, become... Yeah, the mask being politicized is the dumbest it's like everything thing. that people do or say or not do or not say becomes political now, whether it's on 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 the masks or even in the uh, uh, Black Lives Matter and this. Uh, you kind of need to think twice now before you say something the, because the Black Lives we're, Matter, I understand, is we're in an election year now. But and, the and, pandemic, I don't. Right. Yeah, that too. Obviously. Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement is, is, is pretty serious, but even some of the uh, comments and repercussions and going one extreme or the other extreme or whatever, you know, like obviously the thing that happened in NASCAR is kind of embarrassing, to be honest, that uh, all the... Well, that was not true, right? Right, that's the thing, okay. that they created all this right, thing, right, right. and now it turned out that it wasn't planted, that it had been there forever, blah, 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 stuff. So, which is fine, it still woke up the sport, and we're switching topics For those who don't know here. what we're talking about, the, oh, sure. There's one black driver in NASCAR. And he Bubba found Wallace. A, yeah, Bubba Wallace. And he, I guess he supposedly found a noose in his No, Not him. Uh, one of his crew members. He didn't even see it. One crew okay. member, one person on the team found it. Okay. And then it became this thing like he was planted, blah, 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 and other stuff. And then the FBI investigated. It turned out that right. it was then not it planted. It had been there for a year. It was just basically like a pull string or rope that they used to close the garage. And right. Yeah, it looked like a noose. Maybe it was a noose. It was shipped like that. But it had been there all the time. Right. And, no uh, one, someone didn't plant it. Right. Because it was Bubble Wallace's Garage, right basically. it just okay. happened it was exactly. just that all the time with that shape or whatever and uh so anyways the whole uh, all this movement and all the nascar uh community together and this and they obviously they are fighting against the confederate flag and all that i mean it was a big movement which is good it's needed because nascar is probably the most retro sport of all as far as adjusting to the new times basically or what it's supposed to be so but now they are turning back on like Baba Wallace saying, oh there's a driver that needed attention or something it's like the guy didn't do anything no he, I don't think he, he did it for no no, 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 no he no. he didn't do it intentionally he didn't need the attention he was totally overwhelmed by the reaction he was acting very humbly and frankly I think even if it wasn't true that it was planted that's actually a good thing 
is well, war, yeah, of course. war basically no, better than we think? No, because when I did hear that and, that and, happened and, before it was said false, I was like, I was like, oh, that's a fucking I know. shitty thing exactly, to do. I exactly, mean, exactly. Like, so, so, and, and if anything, woke up NASCAR to show how united the drivers, the crews, the ownership on, on everything is. As far as saying, hey guys, let's let's. I was actually surprised that NASCAR banned the Confederate flag. Well, they've been trying to do it for a long I time. I mean, good for them. I just yeah. didn't think they would do it because yeah. I, I think a lot of their fan base would be upset, and they were, but well, they fuck did it anyway. I mean, we don't need those fans. I mean, seriously. no, I know, but it's it's just you know. I think most people know who the majority of NASCAR's fan base yes, is. Yes, we it's know. it's not New York Metropolitan. But, but also it's, the demographic, the average fan is 60 years old. So they need to basically, yeah, you know, yeah, that's tr that's what happens. All these guys are like super old. So um, anyway, so um, pandemic-wise, we're having like a quick summary. So hopefully we'll be... Um, getting over this and this little step backwards that we have now is because of all the reopening that we had three four weeks ago and then the demonstrations and all that stuff and hopefully i'm not surprised that it's happening in the states like like it's happening now no i mean of course you ex i expected cases to go up if we reopen right but things. it's amazing that we have a worst states florida texas arizona california guess what those states are actually the southern states where you have better weather where people are starting to go out they're just basically going out to restaurants yeah but they're also that. the states where a lot of people don't want to wear masks. Yes, exactly. So, so, but the the states that were more heavily confined stuff. I mean, they're okay, and and we'll see. Well, like I said, the death rate is not really the death that. rate. It's you can't look at it as a national number. You need to look at local numbers. But the overall U.S. death rate is still going down per mm -hmm. day. It's yeah. not going up. Right. So that's the good news, basically. Right. And, and it's the same thing um, in Europe. It's the same, the same thing is happening. They're all starting to opening, allowing travel intra-community, European community or European Union. They're opening the borders for them. They're still not accepting, as of now, foreign travelers from the, the U.S. Way, or There's no way that Europe bans travel from the U.S. It's not going to happen. I don't know. They lose so much money. There's no way they do that. There's no way. Yeah, but they also lose money if they get into another pandemic. I don't need to think, shut down. So I don't think we're shutting down again. I think it could get bad and people still wouldn't shut down. Yeah, I don't know how many, how much the American traveler, first of all, how much American travelers willing to travel, number one, overseas. I think people uh, are. Yeah, they are, maybe. But maybe some people say, okay, we're still local or something. And secondly, it's not so much they're willing to travel. It's getting an airplane and this and then going to a country where you don't know exactly if you get sick, what's going to happen. Uh, you know, it's a yeah. little different. And then... Um, Secondly, you know, even in Europe, I mean, people in Europe move a lot. I mean, Germans, British, all that stuff go to Spain. I, I, you know, they cross all the time. And they're not even that sure that are going to be so much tourism. I mean, they're already expecting a big drop back in, like, especially Spain. Spain is, uh, Spain had like 35 million tourists in the summer last year. And they expect this year to be less than half. So that's a big hit for them, you know, because that's right. Spain's Spain economy is, number one, is mostly... Uh, uh, what is it? Not export, but their number one uh, tourism economic yeah. activity is yeah, tourism yeah, for exactly. Spain and Italy. So. so, all right. So we're gonna switch topics now. Let's gonna go into let's, the let's, live. Uh, let's Twitch topics. Twitch. Yeah. Uh, okay. oh. All right. I'm gonna cut that out because it was terrible. a bad joke. I, I uh, so, but we're talking about Twitch, which I admit I don't know much about the back end of Twitch. I know that Twitch has been broadcasting major sporting events, especially during this pandemic, a lot of sporting events and athletes and gamers and other stuff have used the Twitch platform to broadcast games and things that they do, even real life um, uh, things. So, but um, it's really, I actually, I have to admit that I didn't know that Twitch was managed or owned by Amazon. and. I yeah, actually, a lot of people don't. I think I even Amazon forgets sometimes. I don't think they... Sometimes. Yeah, and, and it's actually... If you have... Give my joke. Yeah, what? I said, I said, I think even Amazon forgets sometimes that they own Twitch. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Because they uh, um, completely... Well, but it's part of Amazon. It. It's part of Amazon Prime. Yes, So, it it, which I just found out. I mean, we're Prime members, and then if you're an Amazon Prime member, you have Twitch Prime. Right. Which is the counterpart, which means that you have free access to all the Twitch platform and all that stuff. Obviously, you need to sign up and all that. But um, anyway, so um, you actually did write about Twitch um, being the unsung hero, the unknown platform for live stream 
that people need to keep an eye on in the, doing your e-commerce uh, weekly uh, news. Right. The reason I, I talked about it this week was because on Monday, um, another platform uh, competitor to Twitch went out of business, and that was Mixer. And Mixer was Microsoft, basically. And uh, Microsoft bought Mixer in 2017 or something. Um, and the reason why that's significant is because uh, Mixer was the first one because they were way behind as far as viewership. Basically, like I, I put in my email a, a graphic. We don't have to pull it up. But um, as far as live stream viewers per month um, for each of the major platforms. And Twitch was number one with just about 150 million uh, basically viewers per month in March. And then... YouTube was second, but pretty distant second. I think they had like 60 million or something. Um, and then Mixer had like 2 million. Yeah, something. I remember the graphic. Way Mixer behind. was like various liver. Yeah. It was columns and then. But the reason Mixer is significant, and I actually miswrote in my email the amount they paid some of these live streamers. But you say it went out of business, but it, it shut was, down. but it was acquired by Microsoft. So Microsoft decided to... No, 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 no. Yeah, so Microsoft acquired it, and now they're shutting it down. Basically. Oh, Microsoft is shutting it down. Microsoft shutting okay. it down. Okay. The reason it's significant, though, is because Mixer was the first company to pay big, big money to streamers to basically join their platform. So what Mixer did last year, and by the way, they, they failed so fast. They did this in August last year. They went after Ninja and Shroud, who are who at the time were the two largest streamers on Twitch as far as viewership, as far as uh, income and all of that. Um, and basically, I underestimated the deal. So what I wrote in my email was that they paid Ninja thirty million dollars and Shroud ten million. I was wrong. That's what they got as because Mixer's shutting down. That they as guarantees, so they still get that money mm -hmm. even though the contracts are basically ending now is much sooner. The Ninja deal was $100 million, not 30. So basically, they gave mega, mega deals to streamers and uh, in hopes that basically they would draw all of this uh, audience from Twitch and that other streamers would then see how much money Mixer was giving out and want to join Mixer as well. Well, how does Microsoft benefit from those, even if that have worked? Because if people Microsoft, like everybody, I mean, how important on the uh, list of things it was for Mixer to succeed compared to all other Microsoft's endeavors? I don't know. Keep in mind, Microsoft's a huge company. so oh, Right, but that's uh, what I kind of always wonder what's the, the drive behind acquiring these platforms. Well, because if, if you can own a platform, the, the biggest fault or, or weakness of Microsoft these days is just they don't own, besides basically legacy Windows, they don't own any platforms anymore. You know, they're not what they used to be. They're much more enterprise now than consumer. Basically. They are, and they're on the cloud for them or their right. uh, OneDrive or whatever they're, they call they're, it. Is, they're they're all in on cloud and enterprise now, which is great because they make a ton of money. And the, and the gaming part, the uh, um, Xbox. Well, even stuff. Xbox, there was rumors they were going to sell Xbox. Off. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, they said maybe they'll keep it now, but um, yeah, I mean, because Xbox used to be the number one console, PlayStation beat it, and now Xbox is behind PlayStation and PC. So it's, and I think Nintendo actually passed it too. So they're falling down. But anyways, point is, Microsoft doesn't have much as far as consumer goes these days besides legacy Windows, which has been around forever. Right. And obviously surfaces and stuff, but that's not a, a primary uh, profit driver basically right. for them. Um, so why do they do it? Because they want to try it, and they could, and they have a ton of money. Because to them, to Microsoft, you know, a few hundred million dollars is it's a lot of money, but to them, it's nothing. So they tried it, but it failed. Basically. So Twitch, so basically, so so Mixer got the two largest streamers in hopes that they could bring a lot of audience with them. The problem was that, that audience would watch those two guys, but then leave immediately. They wouldn't right. watch anything else on Mixer, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, there were other issues. People said that they didn't like the interface, that it wasn't a great, uh, it wasn't great for streamers either, or the user, or lots of issues, basically. And they did this, you know, not even a year ago, 10 months ago, and they already shut down. Um, so they sold off the remnants to Facebook Gaming, because Facebook has their own live streaming stuff. 
Um, but it looks like the contracts that uh, that Ninja and Shroud are free agents, basically. They don't have to go. They can go, but they don't have to. The rumor is now that YouTube might swoop in and sign them to big contracts to stream on YouTube live. Um, because really, the two big dogs in live streaming are Twitch is number one by far, and then YouTube is second. I was surprised. I thought YouTube actually was doing quite a few of uh, live streams. They are. Like, I know that some But of they're the, not as big as Twitch. Some of the podcast stuff do do a lot of live streaming. Yeah, they do they, some sports too, right? Don't they have agreements with some of the... Um, yeah. Um, um, I think they had an MLB agreement for some games. Right. and I, I'm not sure exactly. But as far as live streaming <clears throat> goes, they do. I mean... But just not nearly. They're they're a little under half the size of Twitch as far as live stream viewers. So, but goes. Twitch, for all I know, or the little I knew from the beginning, was live streaming mostly of gaming or right. video gaming and right. esports so, and things like that. Whereas YouTube, if he's the competitor, was more like sporting events or a few leagues and things no, like YouTube's that. No, YouTube's not sporting events. I mean, they have, they, they bid on those things, but YouTube is just anything you want to stream. Right. Like There's I've tons seen of live shows podcasts and podcasts. And they have and tons of gaming too. But no, okay. But Twitch was primarily known for gaming. Yeah, and now yeah. it's just branding out or branching out to everything else. Right, right. The, what I wrote on my email was that um, Twitch has been known and is still known for gaming today. Um, and it's still... There's tons of, and by the way, gaming itself is growing massively. Like the thing that I try to convey to people of older generations that I think they don't always understand is that gaming now is completely mainstream for the under 30. Like, like girls play games, guys play games, jocks play games, you know, like, like, okay, I'm a Suns fan. Devin Booker, who is the best player on the Suns, he's streaming on Twitch constantly, especially during the pandemic. He's right. always playing games and streaming. So it's not like a nerdy thing or anything anymore. Well, I was looking, games. just preparing for the podcast, and he says, um, Twitch demographics, he says, he's very young, obviously. 72% right. is people under 34. Um, yeah, yeah. With 26%, 26% of the users being between 13 and 17. So that's a pretty young. It's almost like a like a Snapchat type. I would say the biggest audience for Twitch is 13 to 25, probably. Could be, yeah, yeah, based on these numbers. Amazingly, you said um, guys and girls. 80% of the users apparently are male or young guys. As far as viewers go, yeah, I mean, it's still more males than females. But, I mean, a lot of the biggest streamers on Twitch are girls, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as, like, girls playing games, girls play video games just like guys do now. You know, it's different. But my point is that it's mainstream now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the stigma of gaming being your the center of the platform is lessened. But even beyond that, they are growing beyond gaming. The number one category on Twitch now is not, so, so Twitch, when you go on, it is broken down into categories. Mm -hmm. And it used to always be either like League of Legends or Counter-Strike or Call of Duty. Fortnite or-, or very, Fortnite, various video games, basically. Yeah. The last year, over a year now, the number one category by far has been what they call just chatting, which is basically anything that's not gaming. And mm -hmm. that is now the non-gaming category is now the largest category on Twitch. So it's outpacing all of those. Right. Um, and, and that's a good point because I, um, I actually became more familiar with Twitch as during the pandemic when well, most of the sporting events, especially racing that I follow pretty closely and Formula One and all that stuff. And they, the drivers were having their Twitch broadcast, like you say, or live streams. Right, uh, right. Uh, what's his name from uh, McLaren? Lando. Uh, yeah, he's always on Twitch. Yeah, he's a big yeah. Twitcher, if that's what it's called. <laughs> Streamer. Twitcher. Um, anyway, so yeah, those guys were having this, um, um, but not only were they having this league, so to speak, of racing with gamers and racers, real racers driving at real racetracks, you know, uh, e-game stuff. And they were broadcasting that, but also they were also broadcasting or live streaming a lot of things from the personal life, like getting a haircut, like doing this right, and that. And, right. and they gained a lot of fans. Right. IRL, in real life streaming. In real, yeah, exactly. Is, is big now. IRL, too. exactly. That's the acronym, which is funny because I saw IRL, I thought it was like the defunct Indie Racing League, which is another race group. That doesn't exist anymore. That's only uh, your buddy. I don't think I anybody else would be confused by that. Well, when IndyCar separated, there was IndyCar 
or Champ Car and IRL, the Indy Racing League, which was the one that ran the ovals. And then they basically realized that was a bad idea and they merged together again. But anyways, that's the IRL that I knew, not the uh, real in real life or something. But um, to get to the point, yeah, a lot of the younger generation drivers and everything were doing a lot of Twitch or live streaming of normal things of their life. And all the fans were connecting with them and interacting and all that stuff. And to the point that the FIA, the, the sanctioning body, the International Federation, said this was an eye-opener for us because maybe we can simulcast most of the Formula One races are actually now pay-per-view or behind-the-wall paid pay advertising, depending on the on the country. But most of the countries have, in Europe specifically, you had to pay the rights to watch the races. Here they are on ESPN, I believe, free still. Um, but so they were thinking about having a simulcast where you had the official race with all this information, all that stuff on on you know pay TV, and then you have a Twitch broadcast or live stream, which is more like behind the scenes, the drivers and all that stuff, you know. So, but that's the way, as you said, the newer audience, which is what they're trying to reach, not the guys that are retiring 60 years old, whatever, but the younger audience is more into engaging and you can engage and have comments. And then the audience actually is like the uh, spectators. I mean, when when action happens, there's a lot of comments and things going on. When something is more quiet, you know, it's less comments. So I think it's a whole different experience of watching live events. And the and the Twitch guy in Europe, the the programming director or whatever the title is in Europe, was saying that uh, I think he said basketball, motorsports, and I think soccer maybe were the three main sports that they wanted to target, as far as doing like simulcast or live streams and things like that. So yeah, um, I think Twitch will be in the next probably five years or so not seen as a video game streaming uh, platform, just but just seen as a streaming platform, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like every business, right? Every business starts with a niche and then grows out of that niche eventually. And I think Twitch did that too. You know, Twitch really started as Justin TV way back in the day with Justin right. Khan and all that. Right. And then they turned into gaming, which back then it wasn't gaming. And then they found... The reason they went into gaming in the first place was because on Justin TV, the biggest category was always gaming. And so they basically were losing money and they decided to go all in on gaming and it worked. And then basically, I think in 2016, Twitch or Amazon bought them for a billion dollars. Um, and now uh, Justin Khan doesn't work there anymore. But uh, that's basically the origin story of Twitch. Now, the reason I said that in my email why I said this was relevant to e-commerce is because uh, Amazon's biggest weakness is that, if you listen to this podcast, I think you know that we think, and I think a lot of smart people in the e-com space think that the future of e-com is social commerce. That's why Facebook is coming with Facebook shops and Instagram live shopping Mm. and all these things. And the future of, of commerce will be social commerce. The biggest weakness that Amazon has is they don't have any social commerce, basically. They don't have any social aspects to platform, Amazon. Right. They have a platform, they have a marketplace, but they don't have anything social. But they do own Twitch. And live stream shopping, I think, will be massive. And they own the largest live stream platform in the world. So describe a little bit how live stream shopping because amazon came up with amazon right, so, live or something a while ago and so, nothing really didn't take off we no, actually talked about it here we did and the thing that amazes me is like so amazon launches amazon live which is basically like a qvc home shopping exactly. network that's what it was of, on amazon basically and it's like why are you trying to launch a whole new thing you own you own the largest streaming platform in the world Use it. Right. Use it. I don't understand what Amazon's thinking is. That's why I joke mm-hmm. like I think even Amazon forgets that they own Twitch sometimes. Mm-hmm. They own the largest streaming platform in the world and they really don't pay any attention to it or really. I don't know why you spend a billion dollars on something. I mean, for Amazon, maybe they don't care. That's nothing to them. But you, you, you own the largest streaming platform in the world. You paid a billion dollars for it. You've done nothing with it. So are there any... Amazon sellers or even e-commerce sellers that are using Twitch? No, because you can't even, I can't believe, okay, 
my roadmap, if I'm Amazon, if you're an Amazon exec or Twitch exec listening out there, this is the roadmap for me personally. Amazon's biggest weakness is they don't have social commerce. And Twitch just showed by beating out Mixer, even though they poached their two largest streamers, that they have such a powerful platform that they continue their growth and they don't lose basically any users at all when their two biggest people leave the platform. So that shows the power of Twitch. The difference between Twitch and YouTube also is that Twitch not just has more viewers for live because you think that YouTube would easily be able to convert people who you know, the billion plus users they already have watching videos to watch a live video now too. But the difference is Twitch has the community. Mm -hmm. YouTube doesn't have community in right. the same way that Twitch does. Right. So Twitch has, has really shown in the last, I think, six months, it's real power in the fact that they've beaten YouTube who has way more total users, but can't convert them to live viewers. And then it's beaten Mixer who took away their biggest streamers. But, but, and so my point is, if I'm Amazon and I know that my biggest weakness is that we have Facebook shops and Instagram live shopping and all these things launching and Google shopping is now getting integrated with YouTube as well. So all of this social commerce, Amazon has nothing social about it. It will still be a big platform, but it has nothing social about it. Twitch is that social ability. You can, I can't believe that they haven't actually integrated like storefronts into uh, Twitch. But, but do you think it, it might be because as we said, Twitch audience is a 17-25 majority. Obviously, they go up to 30s, mid-30s, but maybe that's not the audience that Amazon, um, the typical, I don't know what the demographic of the Amazon buyer is, but uh, I'm not sure if it's... The, the 16 to 30 is like the most coveted... It is coveted, for sure. I understand. The yeah, world. Even, and they even have a wider, platform. Even, even to 45 or something, but... Maybe Amazon thinks that we promote our products on Twitch. First of all, we can only promote promote certain products that this audience will get, not other products. And then maybe they limit what kind of products they can promote because obviously the audience that is going to view those no, may or may not Twitch, be. No, Twitch, like I said, is going to grow out of just gaming and they're going to be the streaming platform, anything. You can stream anything. In the same way that YouTube used to be more niche categories, now YouTube is literally but, anything, but any do interest. Do you think, yeah, Twitch may grow out of gaming, but do you think the users or the viewers will grow into Twitch? I mean, will yes. you convince yes. uh, a guy in his 50s or 60s saying, oh, now you can use Twitch to watch baseball yes. or something you know so that's i think a little bit of the uh yes. retrofit i think you know? so yes just okay. like every other platform just like they said well it's true older people would never use instagram now everybody's on instagram well facebook is even more facebook users are now the, yeah the facebook age is group old just but i'm saying even instagram now even instagram is considered old lots of gen z don't even like instagram anymore because there's too many old people on there they say right. and then just like tiktok was too young now everybody's getting on tiktok People always say, oh, older people are... That's bullshit. It's, it's been no. disproven time and time again. Yeah, no, it's funny that you say TikTok. You because TikTok has grown tremendously in the last, I don't know, maybe 12 to 18 months. Yeah. And they actually specialize in very short little video segments, like 10, 15 seconds. Whereas, and, but TikTok has live too. Right. And that's growing really fast too. Right. It's very similar to Instagram. And then, and then you have, on the other side, you have Twitch, which is for long format streaming right. basically long long uh you know programs basically so but my biggest question is why is facebook slash instagram not doing more in this area because they, facebook and instagram have instagram live and they have all this uh, you know like well they are they're releasing instagram live shopping and facebook live shopping uh, so that anybody who, any influencer or whoever can literally just promote a product and have a link and mm -hmm. someone with one click doesn't need to leave Instagram, leave Facebook, even leave the stream, they can buy right there. And my point is Amazon should do that. They already have the whole infrastructure backend done. If I'm Amazon, I'm going to all of the top Twitch creators and saying, okay, we're gonna create custom storefronts for you on Amazon. Okay, so you can have amazon.com slash whatever your name is, and that's your store, and you're gonna get a commission for everything. Not only that, when you go on Twitch, 
below every video, you can have all of your shit right there. And because people's Amazon and Twitch accounts connect, they can buy now with one click. And guess what? You get a commission on every single one of those clicks and mm -hmm. you can promote those things. And then we can even do brand partnerships and create custom products for you and list them on Amazon. There's so many things Amazon could be doing. They're not doing any of it. And I don't get why. Mm -hmm. There's so many things they could be doing. Yeah. And especially, yeah. like I said, when their biggest weakness is that they have no social commerce aspect. And that is going to be the biggest e-com trend of the next five, 10 years is social commerce. This is their chance. Live stream shopping, I think will be huge. And I'm not making any crazy predictions. Just look at China. China is five years ahead of us in e-com. What is <clears throat> the biggest, uh, the biggest e-com source of revenue besides Alibaba.com? live stream shopping by far. No, I understand. I'm, I'm just kind of thinking that maybe one of the reasons why Amazon may not be jumping into this or at least so proactive is because they're already being hit with possible antitrust regulation and all that. I don't and, think uh, so. Because you know why? You know why I don't think so? Because 75-year-old regulators don't know what the fuck Twitch is. Well, I understand, but they still regulate. You know, so I, I completely agree with that. But um, you go ask any congressperson. But there is also there is also but it's also proof as we also document here or, or say here that Amazon is already kind of under investigation or under scrutiny because they take their own sellers' products and then knock them off and they make them like Amazon. What is it? Amazon um, like private label. Yeah, but what do they call Amazon Special or something? Amazon. Well, they have Amazon Basics, but then they also have their own custom brands. Right, Amazon Basics. So they, when you become successful, if they can, they're gonna copy your product and then they make it Amazon Basics, and then they actually rank their products higher, so organically, unless you pay. So if you have a product that is a good seller and all that stuff, Amazon Basics knockoff then basically becomes is basically competing against their own sellers. So I don't know. That's that's a. a complicated thing and it's, it's similar to Google and all the stuff that we know that they the organic versus the pay search and all that but uh, I wonder if Amazon is saying okay well we have controlled completely e-commerce we control also Amazon web services and a lot of streaming platforms or support for a lot of other companies and now we get into the social media part um, they may say okay well they may separate us and you know they may kind of look into the situation so even though i agree i mean i mean they own they own twitch already they own twitch right they bought they it. own the largest live stream platform in the world and right. they do nothing with it yeah yeah especially when they did make all that noise launching amazon live and yeah. video and didn't take off i haven't seen any of those videos no, i mean they failed were because nobody watched it nobody well it was supposed to be like you said the qvc of amazon and you have a product there and they had these celebrities actually starting with those yeah. and then that's you my watch point the they create storefronts for celebrities and stuff like i saw one for chris pratt uh i, f I forget who else but they Kathy, like Kathy Arling, they started doing the storefronts for even amazon prime shows mm -hmm. so what's the one um with heidi klum her fashion show oh yeah yeah they brought uh, no the um runway project runway project runway yeah they bought the rights to that show right and they integrated so now there's a project runway store on amazon and mm -hmm. the designs you see in the show you can go to amazon.com slash project runway or whatever their url is and literally buy yeah. what you just watched. They already do right. this. It's right. not like they ha are incapable, but mm -hmm. they just, it's like they don't care about Twitch. And my, my other point is Twitch, they bought for a billion dollars. I don't know how much money Twitch makes. Um, That's, I was, I was going to ask you that. What is Twitch source of revenue? Uh, different things, obviously ad revenue. Um, what, what is the ad? How is the ad revenue? Or how do they place the ads? I'm not a user. It's like YouTube, you know, you have, Okay, you so you watch have a banners. Stream, there's a pre-roll. Um, you know, the streamers themselves can go on commercial break okay. and play ads. Um, then they have subscriptions, um, so you can subscribe for five bucks a month to certain streamers. That's what Twitch Prime is. Twitch Prime is you get a free subscription every month. Mm -hmm. So part of your Amazon Prime, you can give five bucks a month to your favorite creator or whatever. Okay. Things like that. Um, so that's how they make money and they split that with the creators. Now, I don't know exactly how much money Twitch makes, but basically they bought Twitch for a billion dollars and YouTube is now worth over a hundred billion. There's no reason why Twitch could not be a platform that by itself is worth tens of billions of dollars right. for Amazon. Right. 
and driving billions in revenue. I, have, I don't see why they couldn't do that. Driving billions of e-com revenue for Amazon.com through Twitch. Does Twitch allow you to create your own channel like, like YouTube? Yeah, it's no different than you. It's basically, it's this pretty much the same as YouTube, except you do shit live instead of posting videos, basically. But instead of pre-recorded, you do it live. So you can only do live. Like if I could do No, they have clips too. So right. if you so, if you so, have uh, if you do a live stream and then you want to take clips from the stream and post them to Twitch, you can do that too. Most of them do that. Okay, so but like the traditional majority of people on YouTube, they record a video, edit whatever and then they post it on YouTube for distribution. Mm -hmm. So they use YouTube more of a distribution platform more than a live stream platform. Right. Majority of people. Right. So is Twitch able to provide the same service? Like basically I can record a video of whatever and then just put it out there on my channel and then say, okay, this is it. I never actually did no. a live. No. So you can only go to posting a clip after the live version has you been created. You can post a clip of something live you broadcasted. Okay. But not like just upload videos. I don't think you can do that. Okay. And if you can, I don't think many people do that. Okay. That's so not their thing. That They're not trying to compete. They're not trying to, they know they're not going to beat YouTube. Right. But they exactly. can beat YouTube on live streaming. Right. You know. So when you put the video live, obviously you put it as is, you cannot edit things out or say, okay, well that didn't turn out very well or whatever. No, it's live. Right. It's live. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was trying to separate what are the, the unique differences between what Twitch does versus YouTube. Like I said, I mean, they're not trying to compete with them. YouTube is well established. And they're trying to, YouTube is trying to compete with Twitch. Right. YouTube more, live. Capturing more of the live yeah, shows. YouTube live, they're really pushing it. Um, but they haven't been able to get the viewership that they wanted, um, which just shows the power of Twitch. That basically, that YouTube, despite having 10 times the users of Twitch, has only half the amount of live stream viewers and haven't been able to I, I think well, for what I've seen, I think Twitch also has much more infrastructure ready yes. for the live shows as yes. far as standards and broadcast standards. That YouTube is basically any person with a camera can just hit YouTube live and then <clears throat> it's recording all the stuff, but it's whatever you know it's, it's better for indoor situations or something twitch has more of a behind the scenes platform for bright standards of making things live as far as uh codecs and, and things like that so it's definitely more suited for that yeah i don't know i don't know why amazon is not it's their biggest uh, honestly gem that nobody talks about mm -hmm. amazon never talks about i never hear in any of amazon's uh quarterly calls or anything a single mention of twitch they never talk about it hmm. it's like this thing they bought for a billion dollars and then they just start like yeah whatever well yeah i mean you know a couple just buy things just to invest well the funny thing is people don't know google youtube was buying twitch mm -hmm. how it happened was i think google had an offer for 800 million um to buy twitch and it was pretty much done and then in the 11th hour, Amazon swooped in. It wasn't quite a billion. It was like 970 million, basically. At the 11th hour, swooped in with a much better offer. Google didn't match it. Amazon bought it. Mm -hmm. YouTube was this close to owning Twitch. If they owned Twitch, YouTube and Google would just own video on the internet. Do you think YouTube would have continued to develop Twitch or just absorb it into YouTube? Because, I mean, it's a little difficult for them to... I don't know. I right. can't answer that. But Because um, YouTube now has YouTube the, TV, which is a subscription. YouTube's biggest weakness is in live, actually. Right. Basically, they own pre-recorded video. Nobody's competing with YouTube on pre-recorded video. Live user-generated, but they have live shows in, on their YouTube TV subscription. Nobody watches YouTube TV. Really? Nobody. Oh, oh, oh. The subscription service? This, okay, sorry. I thought you meant the YouTube, like, shows. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the YouTube TV subscription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, different. The streaming type. That's different. That's right. different. But that's more like bringing cable to the internet. Right. I don't mean that. Right. I mean, yeah, user-generated live streaming. Right, That's what right. I mean. Yeah. Um, and that's the biggest weakness as far as the video space goes is they don't have anything there. Um, or they don't I think in much. that sense, it's much easier to do Facebook Live or Instagram Live or any of those other platforms. But it's different because Instagram Live is good for a shorter form live stream. If you're going to do a 10, 20 minute live stream, Instagram Live's fine. But Twitch streamers normally go for hours and hours. You don't want to mm -hmm. do that with Instagram Live, basically. And it okay. has a full interface. It's just different. Like Instagram Live is good for a spontaneous live. Oh, let me just go live real quick. Or let me just do a Q Well, there's Q people that do Q&A But they stuff do, Twitch is more like, it's almost 
like a real like broadcast channel. Like, okay. And people have Twitch, people have schedules. So they literally say like 8 a.m. Right. to noon, to I'm 11. doing this yeah. and blah, blah, you know, like they have full schedules. It's mm -hmm. their full-time job, you know? So, um, uh, yeah, it's it's their biggest hidden gem that they don't do anything with. So for the average user, you download Twitch and you use it on your phone or any other device. It's free, basically, yeah, like any other social media platform. Yeah, it's free, and then you can support uh, channels by paying. Paying, basically. okay. And my point is, the other thing too is, Twitch viewers are willing to spend. That's the crazy thing. They subscribe for $5 a month to a person they like just to give them five bucks a month. Mm -hmm. They don't really get anything in return from that. Sometimes they have do exclusive stuff. They just, they have everybody on Twitch takes donations. So people donate all the time. There's plenty of people who will donate 10 to 20, 50, 100 bucks a month to their favorite streamer Yeah. for nothing in return. Right. So they're willing to spend. So just put products on there so, and then have the streamer. But the streaming is very similar to podcasting and that you feel an intense connection with that person. Because if you're in the same way that if you listen to someone talk for a few hours, you feel like you're almost having a conversation with them. It's the same with streaming. You know, if you're watching someone stream for three hours, you're gonna feel a pretty intense uh, connection. So when they promote a product to you, your conversion rate's gonna be really high. So, I, and they're willing to spend. They show that they're willing to spend. I mean, the majority mm -hmm. of their revenue is from donations and subscriptions, not from ad revenue. Right. So that the proof is there, basically. So I don't know why Amazon doesn't so, do it. So if you were to, to um, forecast where you see Twitch going in the next 12 months, you think Amazon will even do something or is just going to continue? Next 12 I, think, I think in my opinion, just because I'm like an outsider looking in and I see that Twitch has grown more. Uh, to me, I'm not a gamer, obviously, but I'm more of a sports fan that likes to have sports on the go. And sometimes the platforms that are the traditional platforms, that whether it be cable TV or broadcast channels or even paid advert, paid TV uh, subscriptions and pay-per-view are a little bit of dinosaurs now. It's like, okay, I want to watch something when I can. Yeah, but the problem with those stuff am. is they need licensing rights. Twitch right, can't just Right, which they that. do. I mean, they did a test. Twitch actually did a test last year with uh, a couple of races and qualifying sessions where they were only broadcast on Twitch. And I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I didn't have Twitch. I didn't know what it was. I said, okay, fuck it. But apparently it was very successful. I mean, as far as how many people actually tuned in, you know, and they gained subscribers and all that. Right. So, and, and obviously during this pandemic, it became like a big explosion for a lot of, like I said, athletes. Using we haven't it. mentioned esports at all either. And esports, you know, the, the thing that about esports is during this pandemic, you don't need to be in person to right. play esports. So esports is still the biggest thing on Twitch. You know, when they have world championships for different games right. they draw millions of live viewers so what i was going to ask you is where do you see twitch growing in the next 12 18 months 12 18 months i think they're just going to continue their steady growth and i don't know if amazon's going to do anything particularly but i would see in the next three or five years that twitch moves out of just being a gaming platform mm -hmm. or game streaming platform it, and it's just known as the video streaming platform. Anything you want to stream or watch streams, you can watch. If you want to watch cooking streams, you can watch it. Uh, sports, talk radio, whatever. And games, obviously. Gaming continues to grow. But they will be much more than just... Like, I'll give you another example. Last week, the number one category on Twitch, can you guess what it was? No idea. Chess. <laughs> Chess. Because Twitch did a tournament with chess.com. What was the sport that we were watching on uh, ESPN the other night that it was like, I would never thought this would be on TV. Oh, cornhole. Yeah. They were good. <laughs> we were watching it. They're, they're like sinking it. They're like, <laughs> no. I don't know if everybody, you know, nothing you but net. Nothing I but mean, hope. they literally would throw it and it was like, boom, boom, I boom. Know. Perfect. It's like, I've watched all this dart, dart uh, competitions. But my point hole. is chess, what they did was really smart was that they did a tournament with all the top Twitch streamers mm -hmm. and they had real grandmasters. They had the, one of the most popular streamers on Twitch is actually Hikaru Nakamura, who, if, remember on Billions, the guy yeah. who was there? Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. him. Yeah. He's one of the top streamers on Twitch now. Mm -hmm. He's a chess grandmaster. He's like the four or five so time I, I could see Twitch. chess champion. But uh, basically, chess, which is, I love playing chess, is the most boring thing to watch in the world. Absolutely. Um, chess tournaments are so boring. You sit. This is a chess tournament. <laughs> Talk. That's it. That's that's yeah. chess. Okay? Let's see the replay. 
But oh, look how he moves his hand and touches no, the bomb. No, it's but, about the moves. But yeah, it takes great commentators to make it entertaining, and even then, it's not entertaining. But but my point is, chess. What they did was was really smart. They took all the top streamers. They they had them get mentored by different grandmasters, and the grandmasters basically for like two weeks were teaching them live how to play chess, and people were watching. And then last week they had a tournament that basically all the top streamers in a bracket played, and it got tons of viewers watching chess. Basically, I think that's part of the pandemic. People are bored to death and they want to watch. No, something. I mean I actually watched some of it. It was actually entertaining. No, I, know, I know. You know, because you take these people who are, have great personalities, teach them how to play chess, and then they're live commentating over them playing chess. And my point is that this is how Twitch is expanding, basically. Chess is like, they take something that's boring and mundane. It's fun to play, but it's boring to watch, super right. boring to watch. And they actually made it really entertaining. And it was the number one most watched thing last week on Twitch was chess. But the thing I'm thinking too, uh, I mean, I, I, you and I listen to a lot of podcasts and TV shows and people, personalities, whatever. And it's so hard. There's, there's so many sources of information right now. It's so hard to basically be with everything. I mean, like like if you say, okay, I'm going to watch something on Twitch and then I have some other YouTube I person. I look at it differently. YouTube person that I follow and then I check my Instagram or something or maybe I need to post something on Instagram and then I barely touch Facebook or sometimes I get comments that I need to take a look at and then it's like where you get the time for everything. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you start. Now we're in a, it's like a big bang where we're expanding and yeah. then at some point it's going to be like a consolidation phase where... Yeah, but here's the thing. I think you... People mention that all the time. They're looking at it from the lens of they used to live in a world where you could keep up with everything, where there's only a few TV channels, there's a few major, a few major media companies. That's not the world we live in anymore. So the answer is you will never keep up with everything and you shouldn't try to keep up with everything. You should keep up with the things that you want to keep up with. And the way I look at it is not, oh, it's, there's too many things. It's no, there's not enough. That there's enough so that basically there's a million, multi-million dollar niches now when there used to be, that didn't used to be the case. And so now there's Twitch streamers with millions of followers who earn millions of dollars a year who if they walk past you on the street, you have no fucking clue who they are. Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's the but case in so many areas. And I think it's that there's so much opportunity. Like, I think that you can easily have a million millionaire content creators when that never would have been the case before. No, no, I understand that. But as, as a user, it's like you, you have this kind of fear of missing out, like saying, oh, if I don't check my Instagram, I may miss this thing that these other people are talking about and I have no idea what it is. And then Twitter, oh, this big thread on Twitter about this topic that became hot and controversial and then it's like I don't even check Twitter and then you go on YouTube and you have yeah, this yeah but does that matter I don't know if it matters you, I mean it's if just if you miss some trending topic on Twitter does that affect you well it doesn't affect me I mean I'm not big into social media but for those who actually want to be always kind of in the know with all the latest trends like I listen to some people who says, yeah, yeah, did you see that video of this person and blah, 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 which went viral. It's like, okay. But trends on what? I mean, I care about trends in certain areas, but I don't, like some people love celebrity gossip and stuff like that. I don't care at all. Right. I don't watch that at all. When people ask me about any celebrity relationship or what, I don't know anything. But hey, that's what they like and they keep up with that. Mm -hmm. Now, I keep up with things that they probably have no interest in. I love basketball. To them, maybe basketball is super boring. I can tell you any trade and the rosters of yeah, any basketball team. So I'm, it's just what you're into. You love F1. I don't really care about F1. So you can yeah. tell me every driver for every team. You can tell me who designed the car, who's this year's sponsor, all that stuff. I can't tell you any of those. I know uh, Lewis Hamilton and uh, Vettel. Oh, Vettel retired now, right? So there you go. No, no, retired at the end of the year. Okay. He's still well, running this year. So. Don't, don't pre-retire him. He's still going to race, which, by the way, F1 starts... Um, Next week, next weekend. Uh -huh. So cool. that's good. That's going to be exciting. But that's my point that you have infinite niches now and people can just follow what they want and the things they care about. And at the same time, creators have an in, in not infinite, but many, 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 many niches that they can make not even just a living, like a great living. Like yeah, well, you're going to have, like I said, when I say a million millionaire creators, 
maybe that's a bit extreme, but you could have hundreds of thousands of creators making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year really easily. Well, Twitch has basically Twitch TV, they call it now, which is the beta, studio beta, um, uh, Twitch studio beta, which is supposed to be for content creators to create their own shows and all that stuff. So uh, we'll see how that develops. But uh, I, I agree. I mean, I think Amazon needs to, maybe they have some kind of hitting agenda they haven't advertised yet and they make some kind of big launch or something. But Amazon, <laughs> Bezos. Yeah. Call me. Okay, I can tell you how to turn Twitch into a $10 billion a year revenue source. You just got to fucking monetize it. You have 150 million users that you don't care about. It's unbelievable. Oh, and 150 million users, by the way, who avidly spend on people and have tons of discretionary income, tons of time yeah, to spend watching streams. That is true. Yeah, Amazon is... is uh well, for one, they're finding a lot of competition now, as we know. We're like we're last week, we discussed the partnership between Shopify and Walmart, right. trying to take on Amazon, and then they and it helps ail your biggest weakness. Facebook shops, and no then social. a lot of uh, big brands are leaving Amazon. We discussed that too, like the Nikes and so forth. And so they need to. Uh, I remember always when I read the biography of Bezos, like he says, I always every day start my company like somebody's going to take it out of business and, and this and, is the thing and, and that's basically happening little by little they're trying to chip away the advantages I, that Amazon has I know has. Bezos is always not looking at what Amazon is today but what it could be five years from now right and I think he should know and I'm obviously they know these things they're not stupid this is what they do but I'm saying that Amazon I would hope understands that the five years from now social commerce will be the biggest driver of revenue and that they have no plays in social commerce at all and twitch is their opportunity right and that's what they need and to I take think and I think the other big uh, advantage for twitch is that if anything we've seen during the last three four months how a lot of DTC brands have basically grown a lot or, or bloomed, you know, with this situation. And it'll be ironic if this DTC brands start using Twitch to promote their own I products. I think they will. Well, I know. In fact, but, but the thing is that they are steering away from Amazon because they want to market or sell directly to consumer, yet they're using an Amazon platform, which is Twitch, to get to where they want of, to be. Of all the types of content marketing, you know, Instagram content marketing is totally oversaturated. Right. Blogs, newsletters are still good, but they take a lot of, you have to be very high quality to stand up from the crowd, mm -hmm. right? YouTube videos even, it's live streaming for content marketing. Right. Nobody's doing it yet. Right. There's no brands that are doing live stream content marketing. That will be the next big one. Right. That 100%. So, yeah, I mean, I'll be curious to see how many DTC like, brands create like their own I channels. Brand, you will see brands create their own basically almost like TV channel where they basically stream eight hours a day and have different content. In right. fact, you know who actually just did it? That is so, I was like, okay, very niche audience, Cloudflare. Oh, really? Cloudflare.tv. It's a 24-hour stream and they basically have all, it's like a TV channel. What, what do they promote? Dedicated to like cybersecurity and stuff like that. <laughs> And it's a very niche Cloudflare audience. Cloudflare is a CDN, Content Distribution Network. Right. I'm sure people have seen it just because a lot of websites, when you go to them, it says Cloudflare is checking your right. uh, whatever. But, uh, but Cloudflare, cloudflare.tv, you can go to it. And 24-hour uh, streaming, they have the whole program scheduled there. And you can see 10 to 11, this person is going to have a talk with this person, CEO of whatever, McAfee, right. about, all stuff like that. Hmm. Cloudflare, a 24-hour Cybersecurity channel. I know. I did. But I would have never expected that. That's my point. That th this is the niches. You, when, if I told you that five years ago, you'd be like, "Who watches that?" And guess what? Cloudflare doesn't care that ninety-nine point nine percent of people don't watch it. They care that all the CTOs and CSCOs and all of these people watch it. That's mm -hmm. what they care about. And what they do? No. See, what is it? CS Cybersecurity. Of, you know what I mean. Cyber, head of cybersecurity, I forget. It's like CSCO or something. Yeah. They care that those people watch it. Yeah. And that, guess what? When uh, next big company needs uh, basically help with their cybersecurity, they write a $100 million check to Cloudflare in a mega contract. That's yeah. what they care about. Well, I'm going to check it out for sure. I'm going to um, sign up, create my own account. Go for it. Well, uh, you already have an Amazon account, so you yeah, already have Prime. Yeah, but it doesn't sync up. I mean, I, I have Prime and I have access and it says 
Um, I just did it this morning, actually. I tried to sign up and I used my Amazon credentials and it says that it's not. You need to sign up with a Twitch account and then you can ah, access okay. Prime and all that. I but see. it wasn't using the same. So anyways, I'll try it later. I'll, I'll get my account. For one, I'm definitely curious to see you know the the sporting part i'm not so much into the gaming myself but uh i want to see how it works and uh, then uh be a little more of a practitioner than just us go to the just chatting because there's like yeah in there there's political talk shows right there's actually financial shows too i mean it's all types of stuff it basically uh i think the, the long-term roadmap is that five to ten years from now Twitch will replace live cable news and right. all of that, well, and it'll just be on exactly, Twitch. Exactly, that's what I was saying. That as the audience becomes younger, they say, "Screw it, CNN, right. screw CNBC, the next, whatever." Here's a bet: yeah. the next CNN will be on Twitch, and I don't think it will be CNN. I think I it will not, be someone CNN else. CNN sucks. Um, that's that's what I think. All right, David, um, we need to start wrapping it up. But uh, did you have any other? Um, I forgot. We we had a couple of things that we wanted to discuss later, but I'm not sure if we should do it now or. I think we covered everything. We talked about the pandemic. Okay. Streaming. No, there was something else, but I I forgot. Um, but I think we should just leave it for the next episode because it's been over an hour now. So um, yeah. So to wrap it up. Um, I've talked enough for today. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, no. I uh, I'm actually, you know, sports wise on 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 the fun side. Um, we're gonna have a very busy second half of the year if things don't get. If the plans don't change, I'm still a little concerned about the NBA. To be honest, I don't know exactly what's going to happen in Orlando It'll be fine. with the Orlando bubble. It'll but be fine. Uh, I know it will be fine. But you cannot disregard the fact that all these things are making people. It's Florida. There's hundreds of millions of dollars on the line. It'll happen. Yes, yes, I know. It'll happen because I think it's kind of late to backtrack. But um, um, but also it might be a little. I mean, I, I see the pressure on the commission and all the stuff to keep things going because there's players that are a little. Not concerned about going some of them have backed out then orlando now has a lot of cases disneyland disney world has just basically pushed back the opening uh that they were, were supposed to open july 17th or something like that and then they said they're going to push it back so uh that's another little thing uh but mlb supposedly is coming back with a reduced schedule nfl no changes so far other than a reduced opening or preseason auto racing has been around nascar stuff in europe not F1 is starting uh, next weekend. So we'll see. I mean, I'm excited. It's going to be packed with sports. MLS is coming back too. So. Oh, big one. Hey. <laughs> I don't watch MLS, but I do watch European soccer. It's pretty bad that you are a pretty avid soccer fan and you don't watch any MLS. Uh, it Yeah, it needs to be some kind so of. So that uh, tells you how good the quality uh, of the I watched um, is. El Trafico last year. That was a derby between the uh, LA teams. Yeah. And, and it's very nicely called El Trafico because that's all you find in LA. So. Uh, but I've been watching actually some um, Spanish uh, La Liga and then uh, German League and Premier League is actually I watched insane. some EPL the other day. I was desperate for sports. I said, yeah. oh, EPL game. Unfortunately, the EPL is pretty much decided. Liverpool is way out of reach for Manchester City, who's the second team. And I think they are one tie or win away from basically securing the league. So... Anyways, that's all we have for today. Um, this show is brought to you by MGR Agency, which is our parent company. And I don't want to give you the whole rundown of what we do, but basically we specialize in everything that is digital marketing and e-commerce. So if you have any of those needs, please be sure to visit our website at mgragency.com. If you're a D2C brand and you're interested about Twitch, email me because I'd be fascinated to talk about with you about yeah it. I mean, i'll there, talk for free because i would I, love to talk to a brand about what they think i love it. talking to clients david at mgragency.com yeah and um i wish i wish more clients did what we suggest to them i would not saying telling them what to do they obviously have their own agenda but uh I'll um, do I'll do some free first mover uh, advantage consulting because I would love to just talk about brands. It's, it's a little talk it's, with brands. It's a little uh, frustrating when you go to clients that are and friends actually that are own companies and they have very important positions in different companies and they act one way when they're in their personal lives with YouTube and Twitch and this and that and then they get to your office. It's like they have a split personality. Then they become super conservative. No, no, no we cannot do this. Let's do this uh, print ad and this is like what the fuck is a print ad? You know, who's watching this, whatever. Anyways, that's a whole different story. But um, thank you for um, joining us today. And uh, we'll be here again next week with another episode of MG Unplugged. But until then, everybody has uh, have a great weekend. Bye-bye.